We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the first edition of Better Golf. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Golf. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter and Scott Jensen as we're going to cover a lot of fantasy and uh, wagering-related golf topics that we're seeing a week uh, in connection with the PGA Tour. Uh, Jeff, most people know, but let everybody know, A, where they can find you and what you do. And uh, we all know you, but uh, introduce yourself to everyone. Thanks, Jeff. It's nice to be here. Nice to crash a a Rotowire production. You guys are... You and Scott host, if I'm not mistaken, Sirius XM show, right? You guys are... are we do have a, uh, a baseball podcast together. I host on Sirius yeah. XM. You've been on with me and Liss, but Liss is always silent because he doesn't know anything about golf whatsoever. So he just lets me ask the questions, and that seems to work out pretty well. Nice. Well, thanks. it's nice to be here. I am uh, today. I'm the editorial uh, director at MorningRead.com. Uh, it's, been, it's been a fun game. I've been there about a year now, and uh, after a decade or so at uh, combined at Sports Illustrated, uh, the old SI Golf pages of that magazine. I was deeply involved in that for a number of years, uh, and then uh, a number of years afterwards, specifically with Golf Magazine and Golf.com, is that what used to be all kind of one family that then uh, splintered off in, in corporate mergers and acquisitions and things. But uh, it's fun now, you know. With the year on Morning Read, we're having a lot of fun, and it's been really cool to to take a lot of the things I learned in a decade at a big place. And, and come to a smaller place and just um, think about building it back up. And we've got tons of talented people. Uh, our staff is top to bottom as, as deep and as strong as any, any golf outlet out there. And we're just sort of we're having fun and figuring it out as we go. And, uh, you know, new products like this, video and, and podcast has been a big point of emphasis. And so it's fun to uh, get my hands dirty and launch something, you know, put, right. put my voice on it, my face on it. In addition to helping a lot of people along the way, 
uh, give them a platform. A lot, a lot of the people that we're working with and bringing on have not had a, a video or a podcast or even a lot of golf bylines necessarily in their lives. So they're kind of mixing with our veteran staff and, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to just kind of mash it all together and we're seeing where it goes, but we're, we're hoping, uh, to just, as, a, as we go along to have something that looks a little different, feels a little different and, and grabs people in kind of a fun and entertaining way. So, so that's what we're up to in morning read. And, uh, and I'm excited to sit here with you guys who, you know, I know we'll get into it. We've, no, we've known each other for a number of years, despite not really seeing much right. of each other for a number of years. Uh, but I'm excited for this show and, and to see where it all goes. And you can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff underscore Ritter, R-I-T-T-E-R. And of course, follow The Morning Read at The Morning Read, R-E-A-D, for those who don't read, but read. Uh, anyways, uh, and of course... Everybody who listens to Scott and I knows each other, but Scott and I are both in the uh, Rotoart Fantasy Golf League that we've been doing. It's a salary cap draft that we've been doing for, I think, 20 years now, 21 years. Uh, and Scott recently joined, like three years ago, and just been in for a little longer. Uh, Scott also uh, is the reason I got to go to Augusta. Uh, he was <laughs> actually uh, won the lottery one year. Uh, a couple of years ago, 2019, and uh, very fortunate to be able to do that. We got to see a practice around the Par 3 contest. Not quite the same access that Jeff Ritter gets, but uh, we had a blast with that. Scott also is known to uh, put a shekel down or two on uh, weekly tournaments. Welcome, Scott. Thanks. I, I, I probably should have gone first because my golf resume is about one one hundredth as good as Jeff's. So that's uh, you probably should have me go first. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm more of a fantasy player on the fantasy side, obviously baseball and football and basketball. But I play a lot. Of, I play DFS golf every week and have for years. I bet golf every week and have for years. So I'm hoping to uh, hoping to bring uh, that angle of it to, to the show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, I'm a huge golf fan. I like to play golf. So it's uh, should be a lot of fun. It's uh, it, I think it's uh, DFS and betting have really just grown so much with golf in the last uh, like four or five years. Like it's completely changed the demographic of who watches golf, who talks about golf. You know, five years ago on Twitter, nobody talked about golf. And now everybody under 30, like plays DFS golf bets on golf. So it's, uh, it's really blown up the game. It's been a lot of fun. We have a, a, an, an incredible infusion of young players on tour right now too. I think that's helping that also. So it's, uh, it's gone from like the, you know, the, the sport that, uh, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody's dads in their fifties and sixties watches at home on Sundays. And now it's, uh, now it's a, it's a huge thing. So I'm looking forward to uh, jumping in. And it's, it's really says a lot too. I, I, as you were saying that Scott, I can't, you know, in some ways it's shocking that if you would have told me five years ago, I'd start a, a golf gaming and gambling podcast <laughs> with you guys. Like I was, no, the fact that the tour has embraced this, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not just there's, you know, the gambling sites are, have, have jumped on, but even the tour itself is all in on gaming and gambling now. So it really is, um, you know, an evolution. I mean, you got you got the number one TV guy in Bryson right now wearing a DraftKings logo on the side of his hat. It's a yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, I think the game's even growing recreationally too. Uh, playing golf. Uh, I, I, I think COVID actually was one of the things that kind of sparked that because it's one of the few things you could do. It was outdoors. It was yep. as, as, safe, as safe as an activity as you can do. You know, the, the golf courses have had to modify quite a bit, especially out here in L.A., one person per cart. Then they put these shields in carts and things like that. I've actually walked a lot more courses lately. Uh, it's one of the things. I'm an avid but mediocre golfer. I try to play Friday mornings. Uh, I don't practice, though, nice. so I don't get any better. I just do the same, same mistakes over and over and over again. But I have fun doing it. But uh, at any rate, uh, let's. So we're going to cover 
you know, we'll review tournaments. We'll preview the upcoming tournaments. We'll talk it from a DFS angle, a fantasy angle. Uh, we'll talk about our league. I think, you know, it, we think it's generally pretty relatable to talk about the league that we're doing because it, you know, it cuts into a pretty decent portion of it. We're in a 14-team league. We uh, roster nine players, start five every week. Try to start five every week, as the case may be. This week might be an example of where we're not all starting five golfers. But, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Let's talk about uh, the TPC. Uh a lot of big names missed the cut. Still had a lot of big names on the leaderboard, though, and uh, some great pairings on the final day. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from the tournament? I think um, the first thing, I, I think, for specifically for this podcast, there's the old adage of, like, you ride the hot golfer. I mean, yeah. I don't know that you'll ever be more right than you could have been this past week of having the exact same matchup on Sunday, head-to-head, right. head, and Westwood. I don't know. I'd have to dig for those numbers to see when that's happened last, but that's rare. But at the same time, you know, golfers do get hot and they feel good for a while and that those runs can last multiple weeks. And those are, those are the kind of, those are the little bits you can pick up. Uh, you know, you can follow the numbers and follow the trends like, like Scott, you're, you know, that's, that's your world. And, and some of mine is more like, you know, when I was, when I was out on the beat, when people would go out and travel and go to golf tournaments before all this happened, you know, you could kind of pick up things from caddies here and there, or you could just watch guys on the range and see who's feeling good. Or, you know, you could just watch body language, sit in press conferences and just start to, you start to form your own opinions and just, you could just see it, who's got it and who doesn't at the moment. And, um, that's my first takeaway from the players is that, wow, to watch the same two guys just end up there in the final group on Sunday uh, and do it in completely different ways. You know, Westwood now, uh, the full evolution now is, is like old man golfer who's the fan favorite and sentimental choice. Uh, for so long, he was like a Ryder Cup villain in the U.S. You know, it's still it's still in a weird way. Kind of I've met him here and there over the years. And it's kind of fun now that people are just all in on Lee Westwood because I always found him to be enjoyable one one. But I, you can also see like the villain you know, he, he played that he would wear the black hat at times in those Ryder cups and things over the years. So I still view that him that fun. way. Huh? You I do? Still, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know any better. I mean, I still yeah. kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lee West, but I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that know. Guy. I, I get it. I get it. Um, I've come out of it, but I, it, it does. Yeah. For some people I, I understand. And then Bryson, a lot of people see Bryson as a, as uh, also a villain in today's game. Uh, but there he is again on a completely different kind of golf course than, than the week before. So, um, I think it's certainly a couple of the takeaways are just, you know, how hot those guys are at the moment. Bryson is really on his own planet now of just, he can win any week and play anywhere. Uh, he's in Rory McIlroy's head. I thought that was just an unbelievable, um, very rare candid look that golfers, uh, golfers rarely give you. And I think it took a lot for Rory you know, seeing the soundbite of that press conference where he admitted that, you know, he's kind of chasing some extra yards and saw what Bryson did. I mean, it took him about 45 seconds to answer that question. And you could just see him thinking about it, you know, like what's going on with your game. And he's, he takes almost a minute thinking, how do I want to say this? And, and he does say it. I, I thought that was one of my huge takeaways for, uh, for Rory, one of the stars of the game and the anchor of my own fantasy team is like my, my star player is completely lost and doesn't know where the ball's going and is trying to chase the Arctic Bryson. But, um, a lot to take in. I mean, it really felt, it, it feels more and more like a major now. It feels bigger in March, the, the players than it did in May. And I, I really enjoyed it last week. 
Yeah, it was fun. And to answer your question, by the way, last time, the only time two guys were in consecutive events, last group was 06, 07. It was VJ Singh and Adam Scott in the wraparound to so the tournament champions, whatever the last last uh, event was. So it's been a long time. But yeah, I think the other thing I took away, Jeff kind of summed it up pretty well. I think you take away that, you know, studs stay studs. Like we worry about uh, current form and all that kind of stuff. And I, I do a lot of that when I when I pick things. But you look at someone like Justin Thomas, you know, two tournaments ago, missed the cut at Genesis and was horrible on the greens and just kind of all over the place. Then WGC Mexico, he was okay but terrible off the tee lost like six strokes tee to green or uh, off the tee and then you come out and you know just dominates the weekend you just you just realize that those 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 high-end elite guys just need like one little tweak here and there and they can just kind of go from nothing to blowing it out you saw it with J- D- dustin johnson last year with the we shoot 380s and then all of a sudden he you know comes back and, and wins the tour championship and the other thing i th- i thought taken away from the players was just how cool it was that they had the access they did all the uh you could watch any hole you could watch any player anytime and we got that great moment with jordan speed hitting into roy sabatini's group and like worrying about who he hit into and then you could see him say oh my god i can't believe all the people I hit into on tour, I hit into Sabatini. It was, <laughs> it was pretty wild. And then to note that he was the ju- that Speed said he was the one of the few guys that Sabatini actually liked was was pretty funny too. I just I hope at some point we get to the point where we get more you get more access. I mean, it's not that hard to have uh, you have cameras. On. It's just the one sport where you don't get to see everything. You know, on TV you see the leaders and Tiger and Phil, whoever it may be, but. To be able to like pick whatever group you want to do, and especially from a gambling DFS aspect, you know, you got someone who's like sweating the cut and got three holes left, and he's one shot behind. You want to see what he does, and we don't see that on TV. And to be able to flip on that tournament and be able to watch, you know, Byung Hung An or someone like that, you know, if he's going to make the cut, you're going to get six of six through in your DFS team was, was pretty fascinating. That was that Justin Thomas point is really good. It's funny. I mean, you asked me what I took away from last week, and I didn't even say the name Justin Thomas. There's so much going around, but uh, there's that human element too to golf of just Thomas, of course, is one of the best players in the game, but he's going through some things these last few months. Some of it's self-inflicted. You know, he has had the, the homophobic slur caught on the microphone. His grandfather died. Uh, we know he was his, his grandpa was a significant part of Justin's development as a golfer. It's a golf family. Uh, and Tiger Woods, his buddy, I mean, is in a car. So Justin Thomas has all this stuff happening in his life, and he's he just kind of drifted there for a couple months, his game. And you never know when it's when it's going to like kind of snap back into focus. And his weekend at Sawgrass will go down as uh, among the all time great weekends ever in that tournament forever. Uh, Is it just sort of it just like the fog lifted for him? And uh, that's another thing that makes gambling and gaming, you know, golf so difficult uh, and also so, you know, tantalizing is, you know, players can find it and lose it. And there's so many there's so many course factors and then there's X factors. Uh, and Justin Thomas, the, the X factors, I think, were the thing as much as anything over the weekend in Sawgrass. So, yeah, he went he went off at twenty one to one, and I don't think we're going to see Justin Thomas over twenty to one for many, many, many months. No, no. Yeah, but a remarkable yeah. Sunday round for him. You know, thirty four putts. How often do you see a winner have thirty four putts? Uh, Seventeen of eighteen in greens and reg, and the eighteenth was the the last hole, and he was just just barely off. I mean, the ball striking was crazy good. That, and then of course he had the huge Saturday round to get into contention in the first place. Um, yeah, what what a wild uh, weekend for him! Like you said, it's just it, you know, it's a very memorable weekend, especially when you see like what happened on Sunday, the, like the final group. Uh, you know where. Bryson with a cold top. You know, you see Westwood shanking right after that into the water. Like, what's going on here? Meanwhile, Justin's like, green, 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 every time. Yeah, a machine. Just just like ball a ball striking clinic. And that that was him, you know, firing at his best. Again, all of a sudden, suddenly it just clicks. He's locked back in. 
and reminds everyone really that he is in that very small group of players who playing at their best can hit just another level. Yeah. You know, Dustin Johnson at his best, Rory at his best, even though at the moment it seems like he's far from it. Uh, there's just a very small, you know, group of guys that can do that where you could just say if they're, if their a game is on, they're virtually unbeatable. But Thomas reminds you, uh, at Sawgrass that he is, he is very much one of those guys. So we've had four loaded tournaments in a row. We've had the Riviera, then the WGC, then Arnie's tournament, then the players. This week, we've got the Honda Classic, which <laughs> used to be a little earlier in the, in the pr- progression of events, and it's not quite the classic that it's been. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a lesser field. Uh, there's no way to get around that there. Uh, defending champ Sunjay M, uh, and he's back in. Uh, Daniel Berger is probably got the, is probably the betting favorite. We still, and then Lee Westwood's right there again. Are we going to ride the hot hand with him? What, what's your outlook on this week's tournament? Let's start with uh, Scott this time first. Yeah, it's funny. It just it just got a bad draw. It's sandwiched between all those big events you mentioned. The WGC match plays next week. It just kind of got that bad scheduling. Uh, same thing I think happened with Pebble this year. We had a bunch yep. of really good ones leading up to it and stuff after. It's just guys have to find weeks to skip, and this is just the, the one to skip. You mentioned uh, Berger, definitely the the best player in the field. Uh, Sung Jay's right behind him. Westwood's fascinating because like he was horrible at WGC Mexico, and then all of a sudden the last two weeks just insane stats. I mean, he's just playing really well. Uh, my favorite guy this week is actually Joaquin Neiman. I think I would go down to about the, the fourth, uh, third or fourth uh, name on the betting list and the, the DFS list. I just think that I, I like the way Neiman uh, played early in the season. Uh, Sony opens kind of a, a similar difficult course in the wind. We're going to have a lot of wind this week at, at Honda. Um, he's the guy to be, me that feels like he's about to break through. He had back-to-back seconds earlier in the year, uh, was top 30 last week of the players. Um, so I'm probably skipping Berger and M this week, uh, betting-wise and DFS-wise, and jumping down to Neiman as my top play. See, I think, uh, I don't know, the Honda, I mean, you're right, it's diminished this year because of its place on the calendar, which is unfortunate, but it's, it always feels like whatever, whenever you set up the Florida swing, there's always one leg of that Florida swing that suffers, and now the, the reshuffling of the deck, it's the Honda this week, but I probably would still look at Berger, I think he just is, he along with him are like a head and a notch above in terms of like, talent that is clicking right now, Westwood is such a wide, what do you even do with Westwood, I don't, I don't know, I, thought, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm certainly going to pull for him, but I don't know if I would bet on him. Uh, but I, I think this is one of those events where it just, even though to take nothing away from Sawgrass, this is also sort of like major championship esque the way they set up this golf course. This is a tough golf course. I think statistically it usually ranks among, if not the most difficult par 70 on tour. Uh, and if it's, if it's windy, like they're saying, I mean, good luck, bear trap and just everything else would be carnage. So I, to me, it makes me like look down the list for players who have had success at major championships and just big time golf courses. So I like that him's the defending champ. It's you know hard to defend and win back to back years. So I'm not sure I would I would just like go that way. But I think I probably would build a lineup around Berger this week, uh, as I, as I just think there's a kind of like a, a tear down. Uh, from everyone else. So I'd start there. I, I have one name. I have one kind of like, as I say, you got to have like major track record, but I got one kind of under the radar name. I don't know if that's a separate oh, segment. Jesus. Bring it. Okay. No, do it. I, so, I got a, I got a few too, but I want to hear yours. So, so kinda, I kind of get drawn sometimes and I like to try to, and this is, I think it's the only way I have any chance in our fantasy league because all of you guys, like when I go to read about fantasy golf, I end up reading something written by someone in the league. So I have like nowhere to go for advice, <laughs> but like my own, 
my own heart and my We're own. Reading I got you. That's the thing. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not writing fantasy. You know, you guys are in the numbers and in the. You've got it. So, but I think one guy that's 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 coming up. Uh, he's playing on tour for the second time this year. Is Brandon Wu. Uh, he's a Stanford grad. Uh, he's one of the kind of stars on the corn Ferry tour that I think probably would be on tour right now. If, the, if not for the fact that COVID kind of screwed up the promotional, uh, structure last fall of, of who could pop up on tour. So I, I think he already has the game to belong. He's got to win a couple other top fives. He's one of the top five players on that tour. And, but what really got my attention was, um, when they had that event in Puerto Rico earlier this year, they invited a few corn Ferry guys. It's just part of like, it was an alternate event and he was a 36 hole leader. And uh, I was sort of thinking now he's, he's actually seen the fire a little bit, hung on for top 10. And uh, I don't know. I just like the pedigree. I like guys that are that can prove it for a long time on the minor league tour. And he's, he's got a little extra seasoning on Corn Ferry just because of the circumstances of, of COVID and everything else. So I would probably I don't I don't know what his price is in the in the in the daily fantasy games. But um, and I don't know if it'll click this week, but he's a guy I, I, I grabbed him in our fantasy league before um, before anybody else could off, off the waiver wire. And uh, I'm going to be watching for him this year. Nice. Uh, 60 to 1 he's, on golfodds.com. I noticed that. And I always kind of use that uh, proxy there. He's 7,800 on, uh, on DraftKings this week. Okay. So mid level player. And, you know, that, that, that's kind of reflective of the odds, too. He's not in the commons pile. He's definitely someone yeah. that, you know, is, is kind of a mid level building block, which is kind of interesting. What sort of a player does well at PGA National? Uh, you know, you mentioned the wind is a big thing. Is this a tee to green type of guy, uh, or is putting is the factor? Is length the factor? What are you looking for when a profile of a golfer that does well at this course? Uh, I'm looking for approach. I like Shot Gaines' approach a lot this week. I think that uh, a lot of the bigger hitters club down a little bit because you got to hit fairways. There's so much water out there. So uh, I'm looking for I'm looking for approach. I'm looking for tee to green. I'm not looking for putting as much. I don't look at putting a ton usually for for DFS or betting because I just think it's the most variable of the stats. I mean, you want a guy who's who's not putting terribly. You know, you get the the Hideki and that kind of stuff, and you know that you're going to get some bad stuff there. But uh, for the most part, this week I'm looking for I'm looking for approach. I'm looking for uh, tee to green and kind of looking for good ball strikers and guys that. Um, you know, can club down a little bit, still get where they need to be, and uh, you know, I'll get the ball ball in the water fourteen times. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. I, I would add just that that pedigree, that pedigree of mental toughness, because this this is a brutal event. And standing on those that home stretch of holes on Sunday, uh, this is a closing stretch. Obviously, that's as tough as anything on tour. So everything that's I would echo everything that Scott said and just add that I, I would probably look to place my chips having just touted a guy who hasn't proven it at all yet I would still you know probably round out uh, a fantasy lineup with with proven guys so Shane Lowry is, an, is a guy that would jump out at me he's, he's on my fantasy team just a proven win player major champion who who kind of backdoored a top 10 at Sawgrass uh, I might watch out for him um, and just kind of others with like a major championship pedigree uh, who seem to be playing well. That, that's pretty amazing. I, I have six guys listed that I'm looking at betting, and you, Wu and uh, Lowry were two of the six. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty crazy. You mentioned Ben on earlier. Speaking of guys that can usually ball strike pretty well and not putt a lick, uh, he, he seems to be high on that list for me. I had him a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I actually had him and uh, Bryson when they played in the playoff against each other at the Memorial. And Tell you what, in a fan, in, in our league, when you get both guys in the playoff, it's just like, oh wow, <laughs> that's happened like two times for me ever. But 
Um, it, it is really nice when that happens. But I, I see him as maybe a guy. I don't know about recent form, but at least the type of player he is, that often would seem like he would do well here. So I have someone that kind of fits that mold as, you know, doesn't putt well, ball strikes well, but is in really good form. A uh, guy I like this week a lot at 40 to 1 and 8,400 on DraftKings, actually Keegan Bradley, who I usually don't like, but uh, really like how he's playing right now. He's 29th in the players. He was 10 at API, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Just hitting the ball well. You look at his shot gain. It's a lot of green if you look at uh, look at the positives there. Um, he just feels like someone to me that uh, in a field this week can really be uh, can really be up there. I think 40 to 1 is a little bit of a misprice. I think he should kind of be in the 20 to 30 range this week and i think uh, if you're looking to uh, kind of a mid-range guy both in dfs and betting i think uh, i think keegan's a nice play this week that's a good pick i got i got one other name that i'm not i'm not sure i would bet on but i'm curious what you guys think ricky fowler uh was you know he was everywhere he's on all the commercials for so many years and it, it feels like it's he, he's like trending you know quickly the wrong direction and he's running out of time now to, you know, he's hanging into the top 50, 65. He's just falling down those rankings where he's going to lose. He's going to start losing bids to WGCs and major championships. And I'm wondering, uh, what do you guys think of the desperate golfer uh, in this case who, hey, you know, tee to green, that's usually, that's kind of and putting. I mean, it's like you said, Scott, putting is streaky and um, nothing's, it's just not really clicking for Ricky right now. But now there's like a ticking clock with him. Uh, which uh, I find fascinating. This is the, he hasn't, I haven't really seen him play in this position since he was like coming on, you know, as a, as a rookie and earning his spot solidly in the top 50. Uh, what do you guys think of Ricky uh, this week and beyond? Scott is contractually obligated to, <laughs> to not talk, no, to talk about Ricky every uh, golf podcast because that's his favorite golfer. But uh, he's no you know, Jordan Spieth's no longer on the hot seat. It's Ricky. Ricky's yeah. now on the hot seat, and Spieth at least has won major championships. That's the difference, too. I mean, he has more to come back from. Uh, Ricky, I mean, it's, it's tough. He, he looks lost right now, and I, I, I'm no, I'm not, I'm no expert on the human mind and the psyche of this, but I, I would think desperate golf is probably not good golf. But that, that'd be my instinct. Scott, what do you think? It breaks my heart, but like I can't even find a, a way to argue for him right now. In the last 15 tournaments, he has one top 20, and that was 20th exactly at Genesis a few weeks ago. Just nothing there. You look at the last couple of weeks at API and the players. I mean, everything is horrible. His shot uh, shot gain total was minus four at players, minus six point eight at API. Um, all his numbers were negative. T to green, off the tee, approach, putting were all negative last week. I just. I'd love to make a case for him. I love him as a player. I just, I can't do it right now. I, I have for many, many weeks and been betting him, um, you know, it, it last year I was like, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I just can't even get a board right now. It's just, it's hard to find a way to think that he can, he can win a tournament right now. Yeah. It's, it's a tough watch. Uh, it is. Any, any other fades, anybody that, you know, people might consider uh, putting a dime on here or there on or, or using in their DFS lineup. Well, you know, we don't, you know, no one needs to fade like Rory Sabatini or that. It's self-fading. <laughs> but like in terms of you know some of the guys that are you know up towards the top in the odds, is there anyone you're like kind of kind of this is probably not a good week for it? Boy, you know, I, it's hard to ever say no to Adam Scott, but I just don't know. I feel like he's a guy that just kind of gears up for majors, and I, I don't know if this this is like when, when did he even play last? Uh, I don't know if this is a knock the rust off or get back in the swing of he, things. He's been playing a lot in Florida, believe it or not, because he's on my team in our league. He's just he hasn't played, done yeah, he anything played, of he, note. I just he, played, up anywhere. He, he was 48th last week. I only know because he had a uh, 
Okay. He had three, he had he was inside two feet on seventeen all three of the first three days, and that was kind of all he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah guys, I don't know. It's uh, I don't see an obvious fade. I guess. I, I mean, I, I might just avoid. I feel like burger or in. You got to pick one or the other. So I would I would lean burger and just probably skip in on the, on the daily fantasy lineups. Um, but yeah, that's. It's a tough week, you know. It's uh, these these are these are good names at the top of the board. What do you see, Scott? Yeah, I'm off. I'm off Russell Henley this week. I think at 9,800, it's not a price I'm willing to pay for him. I know that he he played really well here last year, which is helping uh, people kind of like him. And he was really good for a while. And the the recent form is just a little bit off compared to where it was maybe in uh, you know October November, where he was really killing it. He was like third at the CJ Cup and fourth at Zozo, and he was 11th at Sony in January. And then since then, uh, hasn't been inside the top 30. He's just not someone I'm willing to pay 9,800 for. Like I would drop down. I'd play Taylor Gooch at 9,300 before him. I'd play Lowry who. Jeff mentioned at 9,200 before him. I play Chris Kirk, who's playing really well, not on Sundays, but playing really well. Otherwise, uh, I play him at 9,000. Just Henley's a guy with me when you, he's sixth most expensive. It's just uh, not someone I'm willing to pay the price for this week. Here's I want to throw one name at you and see what your reaction is. This uh, you go to PGA Tour.com's uh, like uh, power rankings. Charles Schwartzel is sitting there at 11 uh, for the week. But he's one twenty-five to one on uh, golfodds.com. Seems like a little bit of a disconnect. He's well buried in like among the uh, you know you know the field basically, essentially here. Uh, not quite a field bet, but that low. Uh, is he a guy that maybe because of a tougher course that his style of game might actually play better here, or is this is that is that are we just chasing here? He was just so horrible the last two weeks that I just don't think I can do it. You're looking at yeah. he, he lost he lost six shots on approach last week and he lost five shots off the tee in, in API. Um, I just there's not enough uh, not enough form right now for me. He's uh, last four tournaments, three missed cuts and a 60 second. Uh, I'm not paying the price. There's a lot of guys that uh, a lot of guys I would play or bet before Charles this week. I see Martin Keimer 60 to one. He's kind of in this group with like kind of the mid tier. Have I missed something? I, I Martin Keimer was kind of. I, I personally like a couple times not really nice guy but I, that was like a joke I would make occasionally in the press center is I'm going to tell my grandkids that I was there for the peak of Martin Keimer's career winning its majors <laughs> but I haven't seen him do anything in the last couple of years and now I see him kind of like in the mid-tier here at uh, at the Honda and I'm wondering I'm wondering why what have I been missing has he, has he been what has he done this year? I'll look, I'll look this up. I shouldn't, I shouldn't figure these things out live on the podcast, but that's a name that's, that's right. I do that all the time. As Scott can attest to. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> to see, Oh, Martin Keimer is not only is he in the field, but he is among, you know, the top, once you get outside the top 15 or 20 or so, he's, he's right there among the betting favorites. And I'm, I'm confused as to why. He uh, he he was eighteen tied for eighteen in uh, Saudi in February. And uh, then he was 44th in a, the uh, Dubai classic. 102nd at Abu Dhabi. So uh, answer your question. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Golf odds. Uh, I do just, you know, I they, think, they, uh, yeah, they're big, big, big maybe yeah. just a, maybe just a, a fairly decent and well-known name in a, in a field of a lot of no names, maybe just sticks them up yeah. there. But, uh, I might fade that. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I might fade, fade that one, but uh, de- definitely not someone I was looking to bet on this week. I wonder if it's like a, a horse for course, you know, it's like one of those where he's had some, had some decent results here. Uh, I'm looking that up while we're talking about him. Um, how about though, like for one and done pools, you know, we're all in one together here. Uh, and that's, that's another uh, tough aspect of, of playing. It's like when you have a weaker field like this, there's only going to be a few 
favorites. Do you go ahead and go chalk or you try to go sneaky, like throw in a woo for your pick for that? Or how are you going to handle that, Jeff? I am, I am not going to take Brandon Wu in a one and done. I think I would probably go back to my, my idea of a proven major. I, I, I think, I mean, I, but I probably am going to go either Berger or Lowry with the one and done this week. I don't, I don't know which one, but I think I want a guy that I feel like can hold up on a breezy Sunday afternoon and, and hit a shot over all the water uh, and find the green. I think that's what it, it, and the one and done, you know, is different. It rewards you for, you know, you just want guys hitting the top five. If they win, it's great. But um, this is one of those cumulative uh, prize money leagues where you just, if you can consistently hit top fives all season long, you're, you're, gaining ground on the field. So I'm probably down to those two for a one and done. What do you think, Scott? Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. And I think the the thing that people do in one and done is I think it's great format. I think people get a little too fancy though. They're like, Oh, I'm going to hit this guy that, you know, nobody else has, but you only, well, there are 32 weeks in our, in our, in our pool for one and done. I mean, you're only playing 32 guys. Like you should never take anybody who's not any, a, a, a top level golfer. Um, I, I, in a major, like I might jump down a little bit. You may be like the 20th best guy in a major, still a really good player in a tournament like this. Um, I want a top five guy. I'm probably going to play Joaquin Neiman this week. If I had to guess right now, I'm not decided fully yet. It's only uh, Tuesday afternoon. We're doing this, but uh, I think Neiman's my guy. I think a lot of people will go him and Berger. So I don't want to be fully different and go down the board, but I want to be a little bit different. And I think Neiman's uh, probably my play this week. I just, I just loved how well he played in the wind in, in Sony early this year. And I think that's a, at least uh, something I'm going to fall back on is, is maybe why I'm going to go with him. I use Neiman already, so I can't use him. Uh, but uh, I think I might go Westy, you know, Shed that whole root against him thing. <laughs> Ride the wave. Ride the Ride. wave. Cleanse myself of that, you know, that hatred that it was not really justifiably earned. He wore the black hat for a little bit, but it's only because he was he was playing for a, a different flag, really. And he's not a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but not a bad guy. But uh, I'll go with. Uh, I think I'll go him this week. At least that's my lean. But the thing is. I think those top three, four guys are all going to have like eight or nine people on them. It'd be my guess. There'll be a couple squirrely like, oh, let's take a shot on this guy sort of thing. But I think it's going to be one of a very chalky week is my guess uh, that there, there won't be too many outliers. By the way, the, the Martin Keimer answer is, okay, 2017, he finished tied for fourth at the Honda Classic. But <laughs> he had a DNF uh, you know, uh, with one in 2018. He was like 68th in 2019. Didn't. You know, there you know, there was no I don't think there was a Honda Classic last year, so there was there was Sung Jay won it. Oh that's right, we just said that. Uh, yeah, it was okay. right it was uh, it was sorry. the tournament right before players and it was switched. It was the tournament right before short term memory issue for me today, apparently. <laughs> but uh you know, it, it's all right. Uh it, it's so memorable for me. But uh point is he didn't play it. So there there's no like horse for course reason. It's just he's there. I I don't know. Yeah. But at, at any rate, um so Scott, I, you're you're you've got some DFS names in mind. How to how do you fill out your uh, lineup? Who are some uh, cheapies that we can use to uh, fit the studs in? That was a good segue. I just pulled up my cheapies that I that I do like. There's there's probably three names down here that I, I do like. Uh, Seventy five hundred on DraftKings. Um, Pat Kazire uh, played really well last week. Uh, gained uh, four shots uh, shots gained in approach, which I really like. And uh, two point eight shots. Uh, Tita Green finished thirty fifth. He was really good at the end of last year. Played really well. He finished seventh at Sony. Kind of a, a tournament that I'm kind of looking at as a, a correlating course uh, to this one with the with the win that we saw there. Seventy five hundred I think is a pretty good price for Kazire. Um, I 
sort of like Ches Revy this week, a guy that kind of fits the profile a little bit. We, he had a weird week at players. Um, it was really good on approach, really good tee to green, lost six strokes putting and didn't make the cut. Um, but a guy that I think can, uh, will hit some fairways, hit some greens, and kind of make his way around this course. He's 7,000, so a guy that I'm considering playing. And then finally, uh, Cameron Percy is really cheap at 6,900. Um, just kind of a recent form play. He was 29th last week at players and top 30 in three of his last four tournaments. So someone that uh, under the radar, under 7,000, which is really cheap on DraftKings, been playing pretty well lately. And uh, if I can get three out of four in the top 30, it's someone that I, that I like playing under 7,000. Jeff, you got any uh, dark horses here? What's, uh, what are the odds on – what's the price on Wyndham Clark? I can – One guy well, he's, pop, he's popped a couple times this year, but lurking. He's, uh, he's 8,000 on DraftKings. That's, that's still kind of mid-tier, isn't it? It's yeah, not, he's kind of, kind of mid-tier-ish. Not sneaking up on anybody. When in, when in doubt, with P, when, when uh, identifying PGA Tour contenders, you can always if, – if, if the name is either a law firm or a bank, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a good like a tiebreaker. You don't want to just base your whole strategy off that, but you could use that as a tiebreaker. For it's, I had Hudson Swafford on my fantasy teams for a number of years and that, <laughs> following that rule. Um, anybody with uh, the third, the fourth, you know, those are usually good, you know. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, Another name I kind of like, I think that uh, I think Wes Bryan down way down at 6,800. I'm um, just kind of a good uh, approach guy. Also, uh, you know, he made the cut at Sony, made the cut at Genesis. If you're looking to kind of punt a little bit, maybe get two of those top end guys in. Um, I think Bryan and Percy Tom Hoagie's kind of interesting, too. He was 22nd in the players last week. Uh, also, another TD Green approach guy that comes uh, stats I'm using this week. And um, those are three names under six under 7,000 and Reby right at 7,000. A way you can get uh, some of those more expensive guys kind of slammed in your lineup. What's Taylor Gooch? Go ahead. Go ahead. Jeff. What's Taylor Gooch? Taylor Gooch is expensive. Ninety three hundred this week. See, yeah, he's hot. he's been playing well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that that would be kind of a crazy name for a bank. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, two uh, two top fifteens last three tournaments. He's yeah. uh, he's pretty popular right now. Right. That doesn't get that does not get past the the DraftKings overlords. Uh, it's not. Yeah. Anybody brave enough to take a chance on fifty year old Jim Furyk, sixty nine hundred. I see the, the uh, no. I see the facial reactions. That's all I need to know. Here. Jim Furyk win another PGA Tour event. I don't think a course that's that's this penal, uh, this tough. I I don't know. I don't I don't think this would be the right spot. Uh, but if he's if he's in there on Sunday, he will. I would I would love to see it. I thought maybe because he's less likely to take chances that he'll just take his you know shorter fairway drives and. Just play it to the middle. I don't know. Just, just lay up, lay up on the par three in the bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe the the bear the bear trap's wild. The, the yeah. field was plus two seventy seven last year from holes fifteen to seventeen. That is a wild stat from a a tour where we see so many turn events where guys are twenty six under or twenty two under. Uh, for the field to go almost three hundred over par over four days is pretty wild. That is that is a mark remarkable for sure. Uh, let's let's go with Jeff first. Any parting thoughts? Uh, parting thoughts. I think uh, this was fun. I yeah. enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I'm going to uh, I'm going to spend a little more time on DraftKings and FanDuel. So I can I want to I want to get into these numbers a little bit more and try to and just view the the week ahead through that lens. But uh, this is going to be fun, guys. It's nice, nice to see you both. I mean, yeah. We've been in yeah we've absolutely been in online drafts and things for you know it's been in that fantasy league now for about 13 14 years and uh it's nice to uh nice to hang i enjoy it yeah and soon you'll be Thank traveling you. again when the west coast swing happens we'll have to have a beverage or two 
I would, uh, I would very much enjoy that. Let's do that. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for our, uh, oh wait, I didn't give Scott a chance for parting thoughts. It doesn't quite do it. Uh, parting thoughts. If you can get uh, Joaquin Neiman at a 20 to one or higher, a uh, strong bet for me this week. And then mid range, I think Keegan, Keegan Bradley, both in DraftKings and a bet at 40 to one is a, is a wise play. Um, and then if you want a long shot, Pat and Kazire, who I mentioned earlier for DraftKings 80 to one, I think he's kind of that one long shot that, uh, that could come through. So those are my, like most of my three strong bets this week. Very good. Well, that's going to do it for the inaugural edition of Better Golf. Thanks for uh, listening and or watching us. And uh, we'll be back at you uh, every Tuesday, I think, is what we're going to plan on doing here uh, after we get some numbers out on the the various sites. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Give us plenty of feedback. Let us know what you'd want to hear from us. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. It does mean a lot to us, especially as we get this one off the ground. Thanks again. Have a great day. Discover speakers for all around your home and beyond at Sonos.com, including Move and the all-new Roam. This latest portable addition to the Sonos system is smart, lightweight, waterproof, and ready for any adventure. So start yours now at Sonos.com. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.